You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss To The Top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Jason Braley. Jason Bailey. (laughs) Here with your break from all the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. I'm Jamie Arrington. With me as always, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Um, Tuesday night, inching towards hump day of uh, game week at the Rock. Got Tulane coming back, and uh, you called me Brayley there, and, you know, I ain't mad at you. Taylor Brayley, I'll take it. Barely. Yeah, you guys both played baseball at USM. Both had equally successful careers. So yeah, exactly the same career. <laughs> <laughs> and and today is, I believe, the first day of fall. So it it kind of uh, with with the tropical system out in the Gulf over to Texas has kind of put a little haze over the week. But it actually made for some nice temperatures this weekend. Even though we had just a little bit of rain, it really wasn't as bad as it could have been. It was fantastic, wasn't it? Everything was great um, until the very end of that thing. But, yeah, uh, everything up till then, perfect. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk about that game this past weekend, uh, the Golden Eagles taking on the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs and falling in the last seconds, well, the, yeah, the last minute of the game to Louisiana Tech, 31-30. to We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and what we need to work on. So let's start with the good, and I'm going to start this one off. Because for the first thing, for, for what I have listed as good, this was the most fun I've had at a football game in a long time. I mean, the energy from, from the moment, I mean, from the moment the team ran out of the tunnel, the energy was there, the excitement was there. It was great having the band back in the atmosphere. And then even towards the end of the game, I mean, it didn't look like anybody left. The fans were there and were into it. And when it was, you know, fourth and goal, I mean, the, the fans were, I mean, they were constant, they were, they were getting louder as the mm-hmm. game went on. It was, it was pretty incredible, but that's the most fun I've had at a football game in a long time, even given the loss. Yeah. Well, and you, uh, the first thing I have listed here is energy, you know, so you mentioned having a good time, having fun, and that goes hand in hand with the energy. Um, yeah, energy in the crowd, energy on the, with the, with the team, energy on the sidelines. You saw the whole team kind of like made their way up and down the field. Um, like they were, you know, in it the entire time. The energy from the coaches, fans, everybody, uh, the band, <laughs> you know, seeing them up there, it was, it was, it was fantastic. And yeah, it's, it's, and I guess I'll kind of take the blame for the loss here. You know, in the last episode, we talked about, uh, if we could just have, um, just people that, you know, played as hard as they could play the entire game and don't give up and all that stuff that we would take a hard fought battle, uh, even if we lost right there at the end. And that's pretty much what happened. So <laughs> if you're, if you're looking for someone to blame, you can, you can settle it right here. Uh, that's karma coming back to kick me square in the ass, just like it does all the time. How many times have we had games where we felt it felt like the other team wanted it more? And I think we just we just didn't want to see that anymore. And and I don't think we saw that the other night. We we lost. It was it. It's a game that could have gone either way, but it did not look like our team did not want that win. No. Yeah, I I, I agree totally. And 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 you know I have to tip my cap to 
to Louisiana Tech a little bit. I mean, both those quarterbacks that they played just, you know, exceeded all expectations. They didn't know who the starting quarterback was, you know, uh, up until that game. And I guess they still don't. They're playing both these guys. Both of them look good. They're, and it, I thought they were very – it was a very evenly matched football game. And after the first week that we played versus South Alabama, that's one of the last things that I would thought to be coming out of my mouth is that it would be an evenly matched football game. And I think it was. I think if there's 30, 30 more seconds on the clock, USM wins the game. It's almost one of those whoever had the ball at the end was going to win it. And, um, you know, so had a lot of fun. I hope everybody else did, too. I think they did. I was going up and down the the the, uh, the aisles, you know, I guess breaking out of my COVID zone, but I just couldn't help it, you know, like it just got to me. And I was high-fiving everybody I saw, it. air high-fives, real high-fives, everything. It was awesome to be back and uh, sure wish we could have came out with the, with the victory there, but I had fun nonetheless. Well, what do you have for uh, one of your – under your good? Okay, the next good that I had was uh, – was was tempo, you know, and even though we didn't run just a ton of plays, and, and a couple of those are because we scored just so quickly. I think we had one drive for like 20 seconds and another drive for like 14 seconds, <laughs> you know. Um, w- without that, you know, like we, we probably would have had a little bit more visible tempo. Um, but, you know, and, and tempo doesn't always mean that you run, you know, a play, a play, a play, a play, a play. Uh, even though there's a couple times during the game, I remember telling you, uh, you know, I, I was celebrating uh, a play that we just did. And then I heard a whistle blow, and we had already run another play. Uh, so it was good to see that again. But but also tempo is is kind of, you know, the whole check with me, right? Um, you run the play, you get back to the line of scrimmage, you almost snap it, then you check with the sideline. That's just to keep the defensive personnel on the field. So it was just it was good to see that too. That, that's the second thing that I had for good. Uh, the next thing I had for good was Tim Jones. I mean, eight receptions. Uh, 160 yards, two touchdowns. He had a long of 74. I mean, he had an excellent game, and and really that's only through three quarters because he suffered some kind of a lower body injury. He was on the bike in the fourth. Um, they, they, I don't think they think it's going to be serious. I don't know if it will impact him moving forward. But uh, you know, three quarters to have that much production is pretty incredible. And I mean, you you see somebody, and we, we, I always thought Tim Jones was good. But I mean, he really is is stepped his game up, and he looks like an elite receiver right now. Yeah, well, he stepped his game up last year a lot. He might have just been overshadowed by you know a third round draft pick um, every now and then. Uh, but but this year he needed to step up. He has stepped up. He caught everything that was thrown his way last year. But yeah, this year, uh, and I think I tweeted out as much. But he has just turned into a grown ass man, and uh, I'm sure glad that he's on our side uh, for sure. And don't forget uh, Malik Shorts. You know, I, I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to, to Malik Shorts, but he was just absolutely everywhere on the field the other night. Um, it reminded me of so many defensive players that we've had in the past at Southern Miss, and uh, if, if there's a tackle to be made, he was usually the one in on it making it, and a bunch of those are solos too. So and, and I guess that'll – yeah, I guess that could be my next good is just Malik Shorts. i got to go get me a number nine jersey in a hurry. That was so Malik was next on my list as well. He was he had 14 tackles. One of those tackles was for a loss, and then he had one pass breakup. And also Santrell Latham, he had 14 tackles, one mm-hmm. and a half, one and a half tackles for a loss, one sack, and one interception. So those two guys were really, I mean, for each of them to have 14 tackles apiece is pretty strong. So uh, they really stood out on the on the defensive side of the ball the other night. I agree. Um, I I do have I have one more thing for good. I don't know if you have any more, but one more thing for good that I had was 
was our rushing offense. We ended up with 4.3 yards per carry. I don't know when the last time that happened. Um, so, you know, I think it's still got a little ways to go, but, uh, there is a, just a, a discernible improvement, uh, in the, in the rushing offense. I thought from, from the last half of last year till the first game this year till now. I agree. And yeah, that was, that was next on my list. Um, yeah, rushing for over a hundred yards. That's something we haven't done a, a whole lot in recent times. We had 129 yards rushing. And if you look at the numbers, um, you have some that, you know, with, with Jack Abraham playing quarterback, you know, getting sacked here and there, that kind of affects the, the overall number. And we had one busted, uh, end around that didn't go well, but for the most part, but you look at this. So Don Ragsdale, his average was 5.1 yards per carry. Frank Gore, 6.5. Kevin Perkins, 7.0. So we didn't have any one back eclipse the thousand yard, I mean, the, excuse me, the hundred yard mark, but we did have some guys that were, were pretty solid in what they were able to do with the ball this game. And that's definitely an improvement over last game for sure. And it's also something that other teams are going to have to take, to take note of, um, you know, moving forward. If you, uh, if you know you have to put an extra guy in the box there, it just opens up the wide receivers a little bit more, gives Jack just a little bit, you know, so it all goes hand in hand. It's, it's going to be nice to not be so one dimensional like we, like we turned into, you know, the last year or two. So, um, nice to see them come back. The future is bright. The stable of running backs that we have, we keep hearing about. We're starting to see them run a little bit. And, uh, and that's exciting to see. The last thing I had under listener good was, uh, Cam Harrell on kickoff returns. Cam had, uh, four returns for 130 yards. That's a 32.5 yard average on his kick returns with a long of 48. I, I thought he was a difference maker in, in getting us in excellent field position to start the game. I mean, if you're averaging 32.5 yards on a return, um, you know, if you kneel the ball in the end zone, you get to the 25. So he's taking it an extra seven and a half yards, uh, just, just with his effort. So I, I really thought that, that he was a, a game changer back there on special teams and, uh, look for, I'm, I would assume that he's going to be there from here on out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to be able to replace somebody like D. Baker, who every time he touches the ball, he's absolutely shot out of a cannon, with another guy who is pretty much absolutely shot out of a cannon every time he touches it. So if you if you end up the year averaging 32.5 yards per return, you're probably going to lead the nation in that. that that's how good that is. Those are, so, Eric, those are Eric Booth numbers. Those yes. are James Henry numbers. <laughs> those are – what about um, – oh, who was the other guy? Marvin Young? Marvin was solid, but yeah, Aaron, he was a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Back in the day. Okay, so what about bad? What did you have under, listed under the bad? Okay, now this. All right, I'm gonna have to preface this bad um, because I kind of like it, <laughs> but I think uh, I know where you're going. We 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 went over two on what I call quote unquote go for it plays, and. Um, you know, in close games, you can always look back and you can say, well, this goes different or that goes different. But, you know, I understand. Scotty, that's what Scotty does. It's like it's like if you were to hire Paul Westhead as your basketball coach and then expect him not to run, right? Scotty takes chances. Uh, Scotty goes for it on fourth. Scotty will go for two all the time. So this is, what, this is what we got, and I love it. I love that the guys got the stones to be able to do that. Um, so I guess as far as the bad goes, we went 0 for 2. If we go 1 for 2, we probably win the game. If we go two for two, we probably win the game by 10 points. So it's that risk reward thing. And, um, I, I like the aggressiveness. I can't wait to watch more of it this year. But as far as this particular game, going 0 for two on those two things is, 
I put it in the bad in the bad category. And I think you know Scotty talked about it on his show this week on the post game. You know he he, he admitted as such. But I'm with you. I I I, I like seeing the balls out there, man. I like seeing mm-hmm. us, you know, going for it, trying to, you know, making it exciting, trying to go out there and make a statement. And, and, and really those two plays kind of came at times where the game wasn't really on the line. But when you get to the end of the game and you lose by one, that going for two instead of going for the extra point, uh, it makes a big difference. So, um, yeah, it's something that definitely came back and bit him in the butt. But at the same time, I didn't mind it. I mean, I know, and that's one of those things too. This is his first game as a head coach at this level. That's one of those things, you know. Fedora kind of made similar mistakes. Munkin kind of made similar mistakes. It's just one of those things that, if it if it if it works out, he looks like a genius. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, those are definitely two plays that you would like to have back. Um, I'll go next. Uh, I I put the third and and actually fourth down defense. Louisiana Tech was 10 for 16 on third downs, and they were 2 for 3 on fourth downs. And that's just something that uh, you can't let them just stay on the field like that. If that's something that, you know, it would not not great having that. When that's third down percentage is actually something we've been pretty solid at the past few years. So we got to do we got to do a better job of that moving forward. I agree, and one of the big fears that we looked at going into this game was not giving up the big play. And I think we kind of stayed away from that. I mean, as far as the super explosive play, like when we threw the ball to Tim Jones and he ran down the field for 74 yards, we didn't give up anything like that that I remember. Um, not any hugely explosive play. We mostly kept the game in front of us, for you know, the, the whole time. They had one. Um, they had one pass play of 35 yards. That was their. That was their biggest play of the game. Yeah. So so that's good. Um, if one of those, if we gamble. And we, you know, and we all, and we try to get off the field on one of those third down or fourth down plays, like you're talking about. And if they'd hit it for the big one, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, it's, I mean, obviously that's got to happen. I mean, both those things got to happen. You, you can't give up the big play. You have to keep it in front of you and you have to shut them down on third downs, you know, more than, more times than not. So, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, if we, if we just do that one or two more times, um, or some of the ball hawks that we have there in the secondary, if they go, you know, ball hawking a little bit more. Um, then we have one turnover. I know there's two fumbles. We didn't recover either one of them. We had we had one interception. Uh, so maybe that could be a a bad. But the, the other bad that I have was, and tell me if I'm wrong. You have the stats right there in front of you. Did Louisiana Tech have any holding penalties the entire game? Um, it doesn't say per se. It says, you know, penalty wise, um, let's see. I didn't see any when I was thumbing through the stats earlier. And maybe they just don't list it. I don't know. Uh, but I, I can't remember any. And I know that I was getting text after text after text uh, saying, you know, like they're, they're, they're holding every play, right? And, and n- normally that's the case. Normally, you know, there's a lot of holding that goes on and is never called, but. To literally never call it, that's not a bad on our part, but it's definitely a bad uh, if if there's zero calls, especially the first game of the year. It's like the sloppiest game. No, no hardly any practice time. Uh, they just came off of having like 38 guys on the uh, on the COVID list, and you know to have that few penalties. I don't know. It's and, and it seemed I, a little and suspect I, to me. I saw I saw a hold. On the uh, on the last play where they scored the touchdown, where he, he was grabbing one of our guys, um, 
you know, had a, a, hold, a stronghold on his jersey. But I think about, you know, two other plays, one of which I don't know that you necessarily can blame the refs was when Antoine Robinson had the uh, look like a catch in the end zone and then he kind of lost control of it. When I saw the replay, when I actually was able to see the replay of that catch, I see why that was ruled an incomplete pass. But at the time, the players were screaming for a replay, and we just didn't get one, so it just kind of seemed mm-hmm. odd. But then the other play I think of that uh, was we were kind of running a little up tempo. We had a we had a reception, and then we hit a fade to Tim Jones in the end zone, and for a touchdown. And they blew the whistle and said they needed to review the previous play, and the previous play stood. So right, it uh, you know that took seven points off the board. So that was. Uh, that play definitely, you know, both those plays, I guess, hurt us. But as far as the officiating, that that play uh, with Tim Jones, that definitely, uh, you know, that that's a game changer. The the referees did not help um, the whole night, really, um, and and especially there at the end. I have no idea. How, I mean, and I've seen that same replay that you're talking about. And so I guess the deal was it was, it was called incomplete on the field. I think so, and I mean, and he didn't really, you know, you could have reviewed that and looked at what he caught, but he didn't, reti- he didn't, hold, you know, keep possession of it, and I don't know that he necessarily had the possession long enough for it to be. Yeah, f- yeah, from the replay, catch. from the replay that I saw, I, I, I feel the same way. I, it's hard for me to say. It's one of those deals. If he was ruled incomplete on the field, then I, I don't think from the from the replay that I saw that you could overturn it. But I think that's that's that goes the other way as well. If it had been ruled a catch on the field, I don't think there's any kind of evidence to, to to overturn that. So it's just his back was to us, and did he have control? I know that you see the Louisiana Tech guy punch at where the ball should be, and immediately after the ball comes out against the little uh, chain link fence back there, and he had been sliding on his back for like seven feet. So. <laughs> Uh, I would like to think that uh, – and I think the rules are that if you catch it and you have a foot inbounds, um, you have control of the ball, and you make a football move, then it's a catch. Now, if if I'm wrong about the rules and you have to maintain possession, like until he slides all the way into the chain link fence and after the guy punches it out, then it's not a catch. But either way, you can never see exactly if he has the ball from the camera angle that we had. So I guess it's neither here nor there. But at that point in the game, it's pretty much critical. It's almost like you're ripping it straight out of Sutton Miss's hands. Um, so that's probably a good time to say, "Hey guys, let's let's get together and at least take a look." In my, I, I just, I, I don't know how you don't take a look. I've got one more bad here. Um, on my side, uh, the two kickoffs that went out of bounds. Um, you know, I know you're trying to get angled kicks at times, but to have two kickoffs go out of bounds and give up that field position, um, you know, it's, it's crucial. And that's just something we can't do. And, you know, like I said, coach Walden, he kind of talked about that a little on his coach's show and, you know, admitted as such, but, um, you know, those are two plays that you definitely would like to have back as well. And those are super duper easily, you know, correctable. Um, so stuff like that, it's, it's, uh. Yeah, you could tell that there was a plan to angle it that way, and it didn't work out. So <laughs> let's get a new plan, and let's keep the ball in bounds and go make a tackle. Did you have any more bad? No more bads on my side. Need to work on. What do you have for need to work on? And I'm not positive how you're going to work on this, but to me it looked like our our defense 
was was completely gassed at the end of the game. And I know we lost some guys right before the season started. Um, I, I know we we still have guys on the football team though. Um, so I, I don't know how to to correct this. Uh, outside of the offense, maybe not scoring as quickly sometimes and a defense going right back on the field, but you can't stop that, right? Uh, but to me, uh, you know, guys like Taj Sykes and, you know, a, a lot of that defensive front just, and they were out there a lot and, and, and give La Tech credit. I mean, they had some long drives, five minute drives, six minute drives, seven minute drives, or they're out there for a while. Immediately following that, we scored really quickly, so the defense was out there a lot. But I think that somehow, some way, we got to figure out a rotation to where these defensive guys uh, have a little bit left in the tank towards the end of the game. We had we we had the ball for 27 minutes 16 seconds. They had the ball for 32 minutes 44 seconds. So, um, you know what what really would help that a lot is is um, you know, stopping those third down and fourth down conversions. Sure. You know, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I get what you're saying. And one thing I also say is it seemed like at times, I feel like the guys wanted it more, but sometimes the tackling wasn't as clean as you would like it to be either. Um, you know, and I know we got some things to work on on defense. You got a lot of new faces over there. You got a lot of depth issues with everybody that opted out. And, and I, you know, I certainly understand it's going to be a work in progress. And, and I kind of feel like as the season goes along, I think the team is going to get better. Um, but that's just one of those things that remains to be seen. Um, my, my first did you listen? So did you listen to the coaches show this week yet? I did not. Now I, I know I sound like a broken record here, but my need to work on the COVID precautions in the crowd. I thought mm-hmm. that a lot of people did a good job, but Jeremy was talking about it on the show. How he was disappointed with how people handled the social distancing and, and the masks when they were in transit. And it's one of those things where you get caught up in the moment, you get a, you get some booze in you. I get it, I understand it, but at the same time, if this somehow turns into an event that ends up being, you know, a super spreader, where not necessarily people catch it here, but people, you know, some people catch it here, then it spreads out to other people. Then we could have a problem with going to games. So, you know, there's certain. Say, I thought, you know, a very good percentage of this of this. Um, stands do a good job with the distancing but there's a few sections that just haven't fully got it down yet and and i know they had ushers in place the other night i don't know what jeremy's going to plan on doing but he sounded kind of pissed about it (laughs) so so um you know man we just want to keep having these games and it's it's not asking too much there's plenty of room to sit around the way it's not much to ask when you get up just put on a mask You, you can take it off in the stands when you're sitting down or up cheering but just be respectful of everybody around you and, and of these precautions, and hopefully it doesn't become a problem, and we can keep watching football games at Southern Miss. But that's that's my one of my top need to work on this week because it's it's something that it's we're two games in now, and it, it's something that kind of needs to happen. Did you see the one time I had to get up, and uh, I don't know if I was going to get another beer or going to the bathroom, but I looked down and my mask that I've been wearing the whole time was sitting in just in a puddle of something yeah i think you tried to put it on me at one point oh well <laughs> i apologize uh but 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 to, but to your point um because my wife was like what are you doing i was like i gotta go to the bathroom i gotta put my mask that's the rules i have to do it she was like that thing's soaking wet so I, i'm wringing it out uh in the stands right there and then i threw it on i was like what do you want me to do I'm just like just sit here and like not go. So, um, but no, you're right. I mean, you could always do better. I know I could have done better. I get it. Um, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not even necessarily talking about you. Like, but I, you know, because I think I mean we sat like three rows apart. But 
you know, over there near the 50 yard line, which I, I'm pretty, I think it's pretty safe to say that not everybody has tickets in those sections. Um, I, I think it's just, it's just a, it's a respect thing, man. It's, 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 it should be easier than this. And, and I don't know what they're going to have to start moving people is what's going to happen. And that's not, I don't think that's something that I, I don't want to see that. You know, I think we're all grown-ups here for the most part, and I think you should be able to to seat yourself away from people. And there's a lot of great views in the in the stadium. You know, hell, mm-hmm. you could get up and walk to the other side of the stadium, and you have plenty of places to sit over there. So yeah, I, I don't know. But anyways, and and I did. I, so I I bring two masks, and I had an extra one in my pocket, and I thought about turning around and giving it to you, but you were kind of already gone. <laughs> so. Well, thanks for the thought there. But now you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it, it it is a respect thing. Even if you don't you know agree with the whole deal, you know, whatever, dude, put on your mask. Especially if you're walking around. I didn't yeah. see any of that personally. I I don't go a lot of places. I go like to our beer stand and and to the bathroom. It's kind of the only places that I go. And then I come back. But every, I I I don't know. I guess people in the end zone may be doing it like better than people elsewhere. But um. But yeah, you're right. You're right. That's a very good point. Did you have any other need to work on? Um, not really. I mean, I, you know, back they got to get better in a hurry to be able to spell the starters a little bit. Um, but um, but you mentioned that I think that the team is going to get better throughout the year, and I would like to echo that sentiment because this is uh it's if if we have any kind of improvement like we did from from week 1 to week 2 then by week 8 uh these dudes are going to be rolling and and uh and I'm kind of looking forward to that getting back to southern miss football I am too it felt like southern miss football the other night you know fearless mm-hmm. we were fearless instead of smart that's it fearless fast <laughs> and physical <laughs> but I, right. I I loved in in the way that the players respond to Scotty and the, you know even on social media after the game you know you kind of feel like these players are buying into what and and I mean just the sentiments if you if you listen to like Abraham in the post game talking about the energy on the side I mean there was just so many things where it just you you feel like I, even though it was a loss I felt like we took a big step forward the other night and and there's so many fans that I talked to or messaged with or whatever that was talking about how much fun they had the other night and it's just something that we have not had in a while we've won some games we've we've put up some points but we didn't have what we had the other night and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this season turns out um. You know, one of the good things that come out of this, so we, we've played two games thus far, and you have to take this with a grain of salt, but some of our players are statistical leaders when it comes to the NCAA. Uh, in passing, Jack Abraham, number three in the country in passing yards right now with 578 on the season. Number one in receiving yards, Tim Jones, 299 yards on the season. That puts him at uh, about 150 yards a game average. Then tackles, Malik Shorts is number one in the country with 25 tackles, so... I know that there are quite a few teams that haven't played yet, uh, but I also understand we've played two games, and there are other teams that have played two games, and to have those guys rank that high statistically, I'll take it however we can get it. So Malik Shorts is leading the country in tackles. Wow, that's correct. It's I knew that I was. I, I knew that I was. You know what it kind of reminded me of uh, a few years. Well, this was three years ago, when towards I think towards the end of the year, we started noticing Tavares Moore. 
I was like, does this guy make every play? <laughs> you know, every time yeah. he looked up, he was, it was all over the place. So, um, that's kind of the, the feeling that I get about Malik right now. And, and I hope he keeps doing it, man, because, you know, I, I always seem to latch on to one player. It seems like every year I seem to latch on to one player. It's never on offense or defense, just kind of something like this happens. And I, and I see it and, and I like it a lot. So I think he's going to be my guy. Uh, for the rest of the year, and 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 I like that. We got a big game coming up this week, a big rivalry game, Southern Miss and Tulane. This game is Saturday, September the twenty sixth, twenty twenty, at one thirty p.m. Central Time. It will be televised on Stadium, which you can find on a lot of your uh, streaming services. I know it's on Pluto. I believe the game will also be on some of the Sinclair networks. So I don't know w- what that means as far as. Um, if it'll be on any local television, I know they have ties in with the Fox Sports channels. So for right now, I'm just going to say it's going to be on stadium because I know it will be on stadium. Uh, right now, the line, Tulane is currently a three and a half point favorite. It's the first game this season where Southern Miss will be an underdog. All time, Southern Miss leads the series 23 wins to nine losses. And the last matchup, of course, last year in the Armed Forces Bowl, when Tulane came, Tulane came away with the um, 32-13 victory. Um, some of the leaders, I'll go through some of these stats real quick. Some of the leaders right now the, uh, for Tulane, uh, Keon Howard is the quarterback, 24 of 55 on the year for 299 yards and one interception. Their leading rusher, uh, Ty J. Spears, 29 carries for 224 yards. And uh, leading the way in uh, receiving, Tyreek James, three receptions for 61 yards. As far as how these teams match up, Southern Miss and Tulane are averaging 25.5 points per game. As far as points allowed per game, Tulane is also averaging 25.5, but Southern Miss is giving up 31.5 points per game. Total yards, Tulane 383.5, Southern Miss 401. Total yards passing, uh, Tulane 149.5, Southern Miss 289. Yards rushing per game, Tulane 234, Southern Miss 112. Yards allowed, Tulane 368, Southern Miss 453.5. Passing yards allowed, Tulane 233.5, Southern Miss 290.5, rushing yards allowed, Tulane 134.5, Southern Miss 163. So, looking at those stats, Tulane is a very, very strong rushing team. They have struggled when it comes to throwing the ball. Keon mm-hmm. Howard, 200, Keon Howard, two games. 24 of 55 for 229 yards. So he's averaging about 150 yards passing per game. Uh, no touchdowns passing in one interception. When I've, I've watched these past two games for Tulane, and here's something else crazy about Tulane, all right? So their first game, they beat South Alabama 27 to 24. The game this past weekend, they lost to Navy 27 to 24. That's why they had the same average <laughs> scoring right. uh, for and against. But watching about those games, Keon, you know, like I said, he, he kind of took a step back this week from the first week, but there's times where he throws the ball and, you know, you think this guy could be, this guy has NFL talent. He'll, he'll throw, he'll have just the arm strength. He'll hit the guy right on the numbers. You're just like, you couldn't have thrown a more perfect pass. 
And then the next play, he has an accuracy of a bottle rocket. It just goes just way <laughs> off its intended target. Uh, but he's still a threat to run as well. Um, you know, they, they said their, their coach came out and said that he is going to be the starter this week. Although they do have a true freshman backing him up that we could see, you know, in some action. So that is an interesting storyline with Keon, given his history. He started here at Southern Miss, was a part-time starter during his sophomore, well, during his freshman and sophomore seasons. And then, um, you know, decided to transfer it to Tulane. So that's, that's the, probably one of the bigger storylines of this game is Keon coming back, taking on Southern Miss, his old team. Uh, against his old teammates, 45 minutes from where he played high school ball. Yes, that that's that's going to be the storyline. Um, but it, from Southern Miss's perspective, you know, I, I and I think this out to me when we were talking earlier, but you know, I think that's got to be Southern Miss's game plan. It's just to kind of make Keon beat you, you know. Um, it somehow sell out. I mean, maybe sell out to stop the run, um, as you put it, um, and just and, and just make it like like dared Ben Simmons to take the three, right? You know, shoot it, shoot it. Don't let him drive. Uh, it's kind of the same way here. You, you, you're gonna have if if you lose and Keon throws for like 400 yards, you know, I think I could almost even accept that, right? Um, but if you lose and Keon breaks out of the pocket all game, they run straight up the middle and time of possession is strongly on their side and all that then then i think that because uh, that's what tulane wants to do i mean they're going to come into this game saying you know all right we're going to throw it 54 times um they're going to try to run it that's what they do they, they love to run it they uh they have one guy who's already had four rushing touchdowns this year they have a freshman running back that uh, just posted a career high rushing performance uh he went for 119 versus navy last week so they have several guys that that can run the ball and and they're going to run the ball. So I think that we somehow stop that run, make Keon beat us through the air. What do you think? That's that's what you hope for. I hope we are capable of doing that. I mean, our our depth in in the front seven on defense kind of worries me right now. Um because I yes, know they they've got they've got a lot of, you know, they've got some experience on one side of that offensive line and and their defensive line. They they've got uh a couple of defensive ends that gave us fits last year. So I, I so, do, I worry about up front on both sides of the ball for us, but, um, you know, I think they, I think they are vulnerable through the air. Um, if you, if you can get, if you can stop the run or slow down the run and get them to throw a little bit, I think we got a shot. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, and I'm getting some, a lot of these stats here from a article that I'm reading on crescentcitysports.com. So you guys can go check that out. Um, but just to talk about their rushing attack just a little bit more, um, Tulane has rushed for 100 yards, at least 100 yards in 55 consecutive games dating back to the end of 2015. Um, they enter their matchup with Southern Miss having rushed for over 250 yards in eight of their last 17 games. Um, and the Green Wave has also surpassed 200 yards rushing in 11 of their last 15 games. So this is what they do. This is their identity. They line it up. They run the ball. Uh, this is like watching, I don't know, like back in the day, who used to do this a whole lot? Like Nebraska, maybe? I mean, I know they had the option, but one of those teams is just, you, here it comes. They're going to run it a whole bunch. Michigan back in the day, some of those Big Ten schools, uh, they're going to line up and they're going to run it. So we got to stop it. And if we don't, then it's going to be it's going to be hard to keep up. And I think the goal is – you know, we try to stop the run and we try to run the ball. 
I mean, that's something that if we can do that and open up the pass a little more, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be excellent. And I'm looking at these stats from last week's game. You talk about Keon, you know, talk about him taking a step back. So Keon, um, for the game was 10 for 25 passing for 108 yards with one interception. I mean, they were kind of clamoring for him to be pulled. <laughs> the fans were towards the end of the game. I'm kind of shocked that he was named the starter this week. You know, I guess, you know, there's a little extra juice there. And, and two, you have a true freshman quarterback. You know, he, Keon's been there for, you know, a year and a half now. So he probably has a little bit better of a grasp on things than the freshman. But I don't know. It's, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. They, I, I kind of, honestly, I kind of was a little surprised they had them as only a three-point favorite, you know, three-and-a-half right now. I kind of expected it to be a little more than that, given how things have gone and, and you know, how they uh, beat us in the game in the bowl game last year. But at the same time, I mean, I think that we very easily could have won that game the other night. I mean, there's a couple of plays, like we mentioned, that, that would have broken the game op- open and make it look like a rout. So, um, you know, hey, we're expecting a good game this weekend. Uh, hopefully we can bring the bell back to Hattiesburg. Right, yeah, I've seen st- I've seen those pictures start to float around. Uh, it's nice to have this rivalry back. I wish we can get a lot more of them. Um, but, and, you know, I'm going to throw this out there, too. I'm not saying it necessarily has to be this week, but as much as we love the way things are going and the fight that these guys are showing – and the energy that Scotty has and the, you know, offensive numbers that we're putting up, uh, we need a win. You know, uh, we've still got a pretty damn good football team out there. I know we had some guys leave, but at some point, uh, hopefully this week, you know, enough's enough. And let's start, let, let's, let's, let's get on a winning streak and see where that can take us. Three home games to start off the year. I know we've had a coach change and all that, but three, three straight home games. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We could use it, man. We yes. could use it bad. And yeah. and the players want it bad, man. This is not a situation yes. where they're phone they they there were they were legitimately hurt after the game the other night. They really wanted that game and they really they really want to get a win. For not only for themselves but for all the fans. I mean, mm-hmm. I think they are having a great time with it. Another storyline I'll throw in here before we move on. So Tulane's offensive coordinator, Will Hall who has Mississippi ties, he is a name that has been rumored to be a possible candidate for the USM job. You know, we're not really going to talk about who's going to be the head coach next season because the way we feel about Scotty right now, we hope that Scotty finds a way to make it happen. But Will Hall was definitely one of the names that was rumored to be a candidate. So with Will Hall, you know, being a possible candidate with uh, Keon coming back here to Hattiesburg. There's others, a couple of guys from Pedal on that team. I mean, there's a guys, there's a, got a lot of guys over there on that side of the, you know, that side of the field that have a lot to 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 uh, prove this week. So it it makes for a, an exciting game, I think. You know, you mentioned that, and there is a stat on that same exact article that I was reading. It says Tulane has 12 players on the 2020 roster that are from the state of Mississippi. So yeah, I mean. And they and that that's and, and 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 this is also guys that these are guys that probably grew up you know knowing that Southern Miss was really good right Southern Miss kind of falls on hard times and they go elsewhere maybe they wanted to go to Southern Miss and they ended up at Tulane who knows but now they're back uh, in front of you know in, in a very familiar territory and I know that they would love nothing more than to um than to start to you know write that record what did you say twenty three and nine or something yeah. total overall record nine yeah. So they got a ways to go. 
But they do have two in a row. Damn it. I don't want to make it three in a row. <laughs> and some of these guys, I think this, they only have one in a row. One they only have row. one in a row. Yeah. Okay. Um, but some of those guys we just got beat on. Some of them, mm-hmm. they did a, they've done a good job down there recruiting, especially this area. So, um, you know, we'll, hopefully we will lay it all on the line. Hey, they've uh, got one guy here. They've got, I guess they're brothers. I don't know. It says that they have one guy named Deuce Watts. Yeah. And another guy. Do you know what? Does he have a brother? Yes. Is his name Fat? I don't know. It says P-H-A-T Watts. I'm reading this straight off of the article. Deuce Watts and Fat Watts. Well, that's probably – it's like notorious. It's like – yeah, you're right. I mean, that's fine. (laughs) That's not what – that's not what they were listed at, like, you know, at Pedal. But, but yeah, they are two (laughs) brothers that – Okay. That played, so yeah. Uh, that's, well, that's fun. Mm. Um, so big game this weekend. Southern Miss Tulane at the Rock, 1.30 p.m. Check it out on Stadium. Let's talk a little NFL. So this past week, Picasso Nelson Jr. was signed to the practice squad of the Tennessee Titans, so we're excited for Picasso. You also had a couple of Golden Eagles. We, we I posted on social media a few weeks back, okay, who's going to be the first Golden Eagle to score this season? It was Mike Thomas of the Bengals had a big TD reception catch last Thursday night against the Browns. And then Jalen Richard Sunday night scores a touchdown on the ground against the Saints. Also in Southern Miss alumni news in the NFL, Jimmy Garoppolo got banged up this weekend against the Jets. Nick Mullins comes into the game, and Nick is expected to start at least this week. So beyond that, there's a chance Garoppolo comes back, but... If you want to see Nick in action, find a way to catch that game, uh, the 49ers, this coming up weekend. Yeah, Nick finally gets his chance and, like, Bosa's out and Mostert's out. <laughs> oh, they have – their whole team is banged you up. Know, They've got uh, Solomon so Tom. Yeah, it's yeah. just – Oh, it was a bloodbath out there on, it's, uh, it's on Sunday. brutal. Yeah. But, you know, hey, I mean, just get in there and do what you can do. You know, I mean, like the one pick that he threw, it hit the guy in the hands. So. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, Nick's. You know, I don't think anything about it. And and you know, not it. It's, it certainly doesn't help not having uh, George Kittle out there either. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even know that. Yeah, Kittle. But George Reed had a great game at tight end. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, Nick. Yeah, Kittle's if, like the best one in the game. So if if you're playing DraftKings, which I, I which is my preferred the uh, daily fantasy game, uh, Nick Mullins right now. Is only 5,100. So if you're building a cash or a GPP lineup, Nick Mullins, I think, is a great fit this week hmm. uh, due to his price. So what that means, Jason, is if you're if you're calculating uh, a value, you want your guy to hit at least three times value. So for Nick, he needs to score about a little over 15 points to hit value. And that's something that he's done in the past. So it wouldn't shock me if he were, were able to do it again this week. I like it. I need to call you way more often when I go to the casino. Now, okay, that being said, I'm looking at it profile right now. They said that there is a chance that Garoppolo may play on Sunday. So keep an eye on that before you put your lineups in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this podcast might be edited. <laughs> uh, one thing we'll touch on real quick before we go. They put out their first uh, version of 11 Brothers this week, their new little show. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it progresses now that we're past the first game of the season. But uh, it was pretty solid first showing, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes the rest of the year. What about you, Jason? 
Um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's cool. Have you have you watched the? Did you say you watched the second one yet or no? I haven't watched. This. I saw the preview for the second one. Yeah, okay. I think it comes out Thursday. I got you. Okay. No, they're cool. Um, <laughs> Scotty's a wild man over there, running around doing oh, all this so screaming. Much fun, man. I don't know how. You know, when I scream at games, my voice isn't good until like like my throat kind of hurts. Like something's like stuck in my throat uh, until like Wednesday, and I just do it one time a week. Um, at Sutter Miss games. So I don't know how every time I see one of these one of these little uh, Scotty things, he he's running around screaming like crazy. So maybe well, that's I, something you can do when you're you know like 13 years younger than me. What and I think too, he said he doesn't drink coffee. Oh, he, he doesn't need it. Right. So he's got that. I don't know what gland it is. You have to get turned on for that. I wish I could figure that out, but <laughs> he's rocking and rolling. Me too. Well, I think we covered enough this week, man. Let's shut it down. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at to the top talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington and Jason at Bumper J Bailey. Check us out on all of the various podcast platforms. If you like the show, give us a rating and review. If you don't like the show, give us a rating and review. Tell your friends. <laughs> Jason, do you have any final thoughts before we shut it down? Uh, I have a few shout outs I'd like to give really, really quick. Uh, first of all, uh, Johnny Hackney, I think he got seats, uh, kind of in our area over there to the right. Um, so it was good to run into him. Ernie Walker stopped by, stopped by for a second. He makes every trip that he can from Houston area. Um, and also Houston just got slammed with some rain, uh, today and yesterday. So prayers out to the Golden Eagles over there. Um, and also sat with our good friend Reagan, Reagan Grant, uh, pretty much the whole game. So, um, you guys, he's actually a great follow on Twitter too, so go follow Reagan. Um, and then on the Eagle Club and season tickets thing, uh, Dr. Thomas Royals, uh, from the oh, Hattiesburg wow. Clinic. Yeah, he joined Eagle Club. Three tickets over in the East Club, which by the way, for the FAU game, uh, he's on call. <laughs> so I've got those tickets. So I'm going to be there to annoy you right behind you. Um, I'll be over living it up in the, uh, on the East side, literally. So that's going to be cool. Um, Steve Farmer, our good friend Steve, upped his Eagle Club and bought four extra season tickets this year. He sits on the uh, 50-yard line on the upper uh, west side over there. And then another guy who hasn't done any of this stuff, I don't think, but he just, like, texted me and said if I did, if he doesn't get a shout-out pretty soon, he's going to stop listening. Um, our good friend Andrew Odom from up in Louisville, Kentucky, huge Southern Miss fan, uh, lifetime fan, and he actually threatened my life if I didn't give him a shout-out, so – there's your shout-out, Andrew, and that's uh, all the shout-outs that I have for today. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll see you this weekend. You know, get out there, get loud, get rowdy. It's going to be a great time. Even though it's going to be a day game, I think it's going to be <laughs> – hopefully it won't be too hot, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. There's just, This is an intense battle. We've been waiting to get back to the rock for quite some time. Again, hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.